the fruit would, would come from this opportunity and this time. Uh, the title of our message today is, is A Powerful, Foolish Message. And this message is the message that the Apostle Paul had for the Corinthians. It's the message of the cross. And we're going to be in chapter 1 again, uh, beginning in verse 18, if you'll find your place there. Chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. We'll read these, these verses. Paul's going to talk about foolishness here as we read along. And I wrote down, you know, I was trying to think, you know, what are some things that we can generally agree on? And, of course, in, in this country, we probably can't agree on anything like everybody agree on something, but there's like some generally agreed upon things that are pretty foolish out there in the world. I was just jotting a few down that came to mind. Um, for example, uh, doing your retirement investing at Soaring Eagle, probably not a real wise thing. Um, foolishness, uh, making toast in the bathtub, generally agreed upon, not a real wise thing to do. Uh, listening to your brother when he says to you, hey, open your mouth and close your eyes, dot, dot, dot. Foolish. Uh, being a Lions fan, I've discovered after 40 years. A hopeful Lions fan, I should say, is a rather foolish endeavor. Giving your toddler your only set of car keys to play with. Or allowing said toddler to take that car for a drive. Very, very foolish. According to the poet Jim Croce, uh, it's common knowledge that you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off of that old Lone Ranger, and you most certainly don't mess around with Jim. There's things that we understand in our culture that are, that are foolish. And as the Apostle Paul is going to talk today, uh, there is uh, something that the world thinks is foolish, but actually it's the power of God, and that's the cross. Follow along as we read 1 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of, our, of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For the Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. According to this passage, if you're taking notes, point number one is we have a foolish message. The, the word of the cross, some of your translations, is, I think this is probably a better translation, the proclamation of the cross is foolishness, is folly. It's the Greek word moria. It's used uh, five times here in this passage, um, in, in, or three times in this passage. It's, it's, the meaning of it is it's where we get the Greek word mor, or I mean it's where we get the English word moron. It's folly, it's silliness, it's nonsense, it makes no sense, it's stupidity. 
the word to the to the watching world this message that Jesus Christ and him crucified saves is stupid it's foolishness so i think i may have shared this story before but i remember one time our uh, uh, our son Jaden, he was, I think he was in kindergarten at the time, and uh, he came home. And you, you know, the, the kids will learn things at school. Uh, there are certain things they'll learn, and it's sooner than what you want them to learn certain things, certain words, certain concepts. And you're like, man, I kind of hope you'd maintain your innocence just a little bit longer before you heard that, you know. And uh, I remember one time he came home, and I think we were getting ready for bed. Maybe even it was, it was maybe I was tucking him in, and he said, Dad, um, I got to tell you, I. I found out today what the S word was. I'm like, man, it's like, it's like five or something. I think he was, he was a young kindergarten, maybe even four. I'm like, and I started thinking, I wonder, I wonder if, I don't know. Hey, buddy, wh- what did you hear? I can't say it. It's a bad word. I'm like, listen, it's okay. You're talking to your dad. You, you can say this. We're, I, just, I just want you to tell me, what, what did you hear? What, what, what was this S word? And he's like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> All right. Yes, yeah, some kids say the S word at school. And well, that's, that's, that's the idea here. The world thinks the message of the cross is foolishness. It's stupid. And, and I wrote down a couple of reasons here based on the text as to why. Letter A, it's foolish because of what the cross represents. It's foolish because of what the cross represents. Last week we sang the song, The Old Rugged Cross, and there's a line in there, so despised by the world. Why is that? Why is the cross so despised by the world? It's true. You see, the cross was a shocking image in the ancient world. It was the image of evil, of shame, of rejection, of punishment. Crucifixion in the Roman world was not only a painful execution, but it was also a public humiliation. You've heard about this, but Jesus was put on display for all to see. It wasn't, didn't take place in a quiet gas chamber somewhere. It was out in the middle of the road or alongside the road, a busy road so that all could see. It was reserved for the dregs of society, slaves, criminals. No free man or citizen of the Roman Empire was ever crucified. It was inconceivable, therefore, that God's Son should end His life upon the cross. Cicero once spoke of the cross in his writings, and he said, The very name of the cross is absent not only from the body of Roman citizens, but also from their mind, their eyes, their ears. In other words, citizens would never even look at, listen to, or think about a crucifixion. It was detestable. It was awful. So despised by the world. D.A. Carson writes that equivalent image in our minds today might be that of a, a Hiroshima cloud or an Auschwitz gas chamber. If someone walked in with a lapel pin of a mushroom cloud and you found out that it represented Hiroshima, you would question, what, what in the world are you trying to represent? What are you communicating? That's why the cross was so scandalous. Yet it was the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6.14 who says, Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Therefore, the cross is, becomes this, this crucial symbol in the Christian faith 
And the fact that it's used positively is deeply ironic, even paradoxical. You see, what Paul says in verse 18 is he doesn't just simply commend the cross, but he goes so far as to say that it is the key to the power of God. Therefore, the cross is foolish because of what it represents. But secondly, letter B, it's foolish because of how it saves. The cross is foolish because of how it saves. Verse 21 says, For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. How is it that we're saved according to that verse? It's by believing. It's by believing. And that was a, 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 a infuriating thing to the Greeks as well as to the Jews. He's, he's going to say um, in verse 20, uh, 23 that this, this message was a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. It was a stumbling block to the Jews because they were looking for this warrior Messiah that was going to come and set them free from Roman oppression. And they're like, are you kidding me? This is all we got is this, this controversial teacher who gets himself killed and dies on a cross? That's it? And it was a stumbling block for the Jews. And to this day, devout Jews do not recognize him as their Messiah. A stumbling block. But he says that the Greeks are looking for wisdom. They're searching for some deep meaning, some extremely eloquent, well-explained, well-reasoned argument. And he says this message of the cross is foolishness to the Greek mind. You see, a simple message of salvation by faith alone through Christ alone is really hard to grasp. You know, I was thinking about even in, in our, our politically charged climates, there's a lot of reasons people are arguing and fighting. And, and there, are, there are some on one side uh, who would, and, and again, I don't want to characterize everybody, but there's some on one side who would say, listen, we need to be a society, a culture who earns things through hard work. We should be able to work for what we have and be able to, to keep what we work for and what we earn. And then there may be some on, a, on another, another side or another viewpoint who, who say, listen, uh, because I live in this country, I'm entitled to receive certain free things from the government. Uh, that's that's uh, just because of part and parcel of living here, uh, things should be done for me. But you know, it's interesting, if we bring either of those mindsets into the Christian life, we ruin the gospel, we ruin the message of the cross. You see, one side, one mentality says, I got to work for it. I got to earn it. I got to labor. And, and if God saves me, it's because I deserve it. It's because I earned it through my blood, sweat, and tears. And the Paul says that thinking is antithetical to the cross. It may be a beneficial thought to have in society. I think you could argue that. But when it comes to the gospel message, when it comes to God's economy, it doesn't work. We can't do enough to earn our salvation. And then the other side that might say, well, God's a loving God. He's just a nice guy. He does nice things to people. Uh, I, like, he's obligated to show me grace, to give me this free gift of salvation, because that's who he is. He's a God of love. You know, really, both viewpoints really bring to the, come to the same point. God owes me. God owes me because I worked hard, or God owes me because he's loving and I'm just one of his creation, and, and both of them say, I deserve this. What Paul says is that this, this foolish message 
it, it, only, it only applies to those who believe. You can't work for it, nor are you entitled to it. It's God's grace that is received through faith, through trust. The message of the cross save the, saves those who, believes, who believe. Let her see. It's foolish because of the people it saves. It's foolish because of the people it saves. And I'll just add this uh, to what we just said. Verse 21 says, it saves those who believe. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to labor for it. It's foolish because it, it saves ordinary people. And what he's going to go into in the passage we look at next week is that it's, it's not those who have this great pedigree, who have great resumes, who, who have great birthrights. It's those who come to him in faith. And then finally, it's foolish because of the person who saves. It's foolish because of the person who saves. Verse 23, we preach Christ crucified. Isaiah described him as a man of sorrows, uh, as someone who was not all that impressive to look upon. People, I, you don't read in the Gospels that people were like struck by his, his looks or even his demeanor. The Apostle Paul was the same way. People were struck by who he was, what he did, what he spoke, how he loved them. You see, to think that this Jewish carpenter was fully God and fully man, and that he comes to the world and reminds us that we're all sinners desperately in need of forgiveness, and that what he's going to do is die on a cross, stay in the grave for three days, and then come back from the dead, like that in and of itself is it's insane. It's crazy. It's foolishness. But then to say that this Jewish carpenter, as we behold him through faith and trust him, that he has the power to save us from the penalty of our sins and to give us eternal life. And not only that, but to renew our life and make us a new creation so that we can begin to enjoy the, the first fruits of that eternal life even here and now. That's a crazy message. A Jewish carpenter could do that? foolishness to the world around us. What we're going to learn later on, and what I think many of us instinctively know, when we get to chapter 3, is I believe it's chapter 3, he says, um, no, it's chapter 2, verse 14, he says, the natural man does not receive the things of God. You see, to a watching world, this, this is idiocy. And we're going to be, we're seeing it more and more now as our culture becomes more and more post-Christian. We're going to be mocked and ridiculed. We're, we're going to be laughed at and scorned. We're going to be pushed to the margins of society as we hold faithfully to this message. Increasingly, we already see it, but increasingly we will be we will be um, challenged and, and, and will be attempt to be forcing us to, to soften the edges of this message, to make it inclusive, to stop talking about passages like, like John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. 
That is an extremely arrogant and offensive verse to this culture. It will be torn out of the pages of many Bibles in the years to come. The message of the cross is foolishness. But I don't want to leave you there because the passage says so much more. Because secondly, we have a powerful message. We have a foolish message. And by foolish, I mean from the world's perspective. But even more importantly, we have a powerful message. And if we believe this, which we must, then we will faithfully proclaim the word of God because we know that it's the only hope for the world. It's a powerful message. It's a powerful to save because Jesus is powerful to save. So many times in the church we can get caught up in, in using gimmicks and flashy lights and, and, and things to, to try to draw people in and try to, try to convince them that this is, this is the way they need to go. Jesus said, if you want to tap into real power, then it's the message of the cross that you must hold to. This passage mentions the power of God in verse 18, and then again in verses 24 and 25. I wrote down a couple things. Letter A, it's powerful because it depends upon the work of God. It's powerful because it depends upon the work of God. Verse 21 says that, that God, through the folly of what we preach, was pleased to save those who believe. God is the one who does the work of salvation. We're called to bring the message, faithfully proclaim the message. But it's the power of the cross, and it's, it's the Spirit of God that has the power to save. You and I can't save. Thank goodness, we make terrible saviors. And what, 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 we've talked about this before, but what pressure to think that you've got to save somebody. That, that you've, like, I'm all for apologetics because we're talking about it with our senior hires and, and, and it's so crucial that we be able to have these deep conversations with individuals. But as we, as we talk about defending the faith and reasoning through the truths of God's natural word, world and the, and the word of God, it's so important to always keep this tucked at the forefront of our mind that I can't save this person. I can challenge them, I can debate with them and love, I can answer questions, I can reason with them, I can point them to the scriptures, and most importantly, I can love them, but I can't wrestle them into the kingdom of God. That, that does nobody any good. And so being able to walk that fine line where, like Peter says, be always ready to give an answer for our faith, but also recognize that it's the cross of Christ that's the power of God. Christ is the one who saves the cross is powerful because it depends upon the work of God. Secondly, letter B, it's powerful because it saves completely. 